0: you gotta on this beat bro but how J- just do it man i don't even know what to say just go off the top what yeah just just go off the top man you got it yeah, i, I kind of like that yeah i'll even do the ad-libs for you oh for real yeah all right then let's get it it's lit
1: know what to say yo i'ma just go off the top okay i need no what to say okay i'ma just go off the top hey i need no what to say Ash, get it. i'ma just go off the top okay i need no i need no i need no i need hello everybody and welcome back to the ott podcast and as always everything is off the top i'm your co-host john Marlis, and joining me as always from the cali station I don't even know if we'll call it the Cali Station. I don't even know why I said that. Cali on, Headquarters. Cool. Cali Headquarters. <laughs> our Cali Cago Linkup. If you don't see that on our Twitter location, Cali Cago, um, it is the joining, the the marriage, if you will, of California and Chicago. Well, Love it really it. doesn't make any sense because it's a city and a state. Shouldn't it be? <laughs> yeah, wait.
0: <It's> a, <laughs> it be but does Sanho, Sanho Cago doesn't, doesn't have the same i'm dumb ring
1: for that. To it. sorry people <laughs> i'm so sorry Namae, <laughs> what's up how we doing new week new music per usual what'd you feel Ooh. the most we, we have a lot of music to talk about today people but namai i want you to choose
0: your favorite new release over the weekend and we will start there all right if i gotta pick something that i've been running back the most back i'm gonna have more. to say it's internet money man we've been going through that album and Internet we've been talking money, about the bitch. album for like three weeks. We've we been we excited. for this one.
1: I think the collaborations on this album, uh, more or less than the producers also involved in this, Internet Money, if you have been living under a rock the past two or three years, uh, they have basically changed how the music industry, I guess, portrays itself in a sense. They were all tight beat Producers Nick Mira being one of them, obviously very important to Juice World's success and stardom. Uh, Taz Taylor also kind of in that same lane. The link up between the two super producers uh, formed Internet Money about a year and a half or so ago. I want to say year and a half, two years ago. I'm not 100 sure on that timestamp. Maybe like 2018 area. Um, but their first debut collective album featuring the likes of Juice World, Trippy Red, Ty Fontaine, Ian Dior, 24K and et etc. et cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. Pretty much, I think, what, Nudie's on this. Who else is on this? Kevin There's Gates, Kevin Future, Gates, Sway Lee. Wiz Khalifa, Sway Lee, Future. Hey, Tekka. Internet money artist Tekka. The internet yeah. money artists are very prevalent on this, which is what I love to see, just because Ian signed on it, Tekka signed on it. The Kid Leroy, not in internet money, but I see the affiliation there with Juice and Nick Mira, of course. Is
0: Ty Fontaine signed
1: to internet money? He is, yes. Ty Fontaine, the future, the GOAT, obviously. I, I'll, I'll praise him forever
0: just because the baby voice king did never rest. For real. he's the baby voice. He's, he's honestly the the version of Cardi that that we need now. I, think I feel Cardi like he, just like he deserves, he deserves a lot more clout just for taking – I mean, not necessarily taking it from Cardi, but taking that sound and running with it. Um, I agree with you. I think that that, that opening track was really strong uh with ty fontaine
1: there's a lot of tracks on this i mean ty fontaine for example i just feel like a lot of a lot of people aren't really up on him yet and i feel like you and i have talked about him enough on this to be i guess you know putting him in that sort of limelight for those that who do follow us um but yeah there's a lot of good tracks on here uh there's definitely a nice spread of internet money artists on here they're kind of all on different tracks, working on different, I guess, sounds with this. It's very experimental in the way uh, how each artist kind of defines their own sound within all these different type of beats. Um, thrusting, for example, is just like that sway lead, that boom bat, that future r and type sound, and then blast off with Trippy and Juice is the banger, the hit that is pretty much going to be coming off this. Um, we talked about this last week that this has been leaked for a while now. But the product, the production, the beat is done. It was finished on this. Um, did you hear Blast Off before it dropped, though, to
0: my... Unfortunately, I did. But uh, like I said, I hadn't listened to anything leaked for a long time. So um, yeah. I Neither have hadn't them really tried to stop cool minute. minute. Too. Yeah, it's hard, though. It's a struggle. <laughs> it's a struggle <laughs> once you let yourself do it, because then you just feel like you're depriving yourself when you don't. It's like I feel like at the same, same time
1: i 100 agree with you i'm not i'm not on the leaks anymore i can't be it's it's too hard when we're trying to to listen i'm to not the gonna music lie i look
0: time. at i look at what's getting oh, leaked. yeah i don't i don't listen to it but i look at it just to know like what maybe i could be seeing coming out in the near uh months mm-hmm. um but yeah i think that i think that the song did disappoint the album itself didn't disappoint uh, actually from my understanding like a lot, a good portion of this album was already leaked because, um, the lyrics for most of the songs were already available, Mm -hmm. uh, prior to the release. And, um, I just found that kind of interesting i mean these are all are all like very commonly leaked artists like Tribby red very commonly uh, features this, this uh yeah this they're like number the three mvps drag. of leak this
1: <laughs> <laughs> at that leak this if you hear this i mean i've been listening to lost me with low mosey and ian Dior since february i've had this in my song called likes forever and hearing it on this album and just kind of seeing blast off on here it kind of leads me to believe that this music's been around for a long time and that kind of brings like a question up to me too and i kind of go through this album like how much of this music is brand new like did they pick up 24k golden just to kind of get them on the wave after the double xl freestyle knob? and you know a little spirit K had a
0: little bit of a movement going for him prior though with uh i think his like blow up song was like the city of angels yeah yeah. But um, I'm saying most of
1: this most of this music was done in like 2018 2019 and now we're at the back end of 2020 and it's finally being released. It's it's definitely a really like I guess weird thing to see like the leaks are they're they're being able to be posted months and months in advance but we don't actually see or hear the official release until
0: a year or two later.
1: Um, I think it's, it's a of matter of music.
0: it's kind of a matter of packaging in my opinion. Sure. I think that they felt that these were all songs that would form a cohesive project. So they put them all together, which is kind of ironic because like you think about it, the, the mix of artists on here is super diverse. Mm-hmm. So coming up with a cohesive sound would be relatively difficult in my opinion, but yeah, I think they did a fantastic job in terms of I finding think- the artists that would work well together. Finding the artists,
1: yes. I think the mix of artists within this project, keep in mind this is a label, Internet Money. Like, When have we ever seen a label like drop like a collaborative like debut? Revenge project, of the Dreamers. Album, like the, true. That Dreamville is the only I, other I, one?
0: I honestly really like that kind of stuff. I think that uh, they they were rumoring the uh, Black Hippie uh, TDE project for a long time. Oh, yeah. I uh, remember that they used to do oh you know you know what label used to do a lot of these was um mmg they really? had the whole they had the whole series of uh mmg maybach music um oh albums and they were all so good and it would all it would to be like a lot that. of like it would be a lot of like rick ross uh meek mill i used to listen to those all the time damn um well regardless The label albums are back with Internet Money
1: doing this on their thing, of course. Um, For me, I feel like this album is very pick and choose. There's definitely a lot of highs, but also a lot of lows for me. I guess the one bad thing I'm taking away from this is that, yes, it's a very cohesive sound, but it does get a little bit repetitive when everyone's voice is pitched two notches, three notches higher. Um, I feel like the only artists on here that weren't really messed with voice-wise was Tekka. 24k juice and trippy sound fine kid Leroy sounds okay and ty fontaine i think everyone else had a couple vocal notches hit up just to kind of fit that baby voice sound if internet money's trying to go for that and you know when we heard lemonade when that first single came out like i was surprised to hear nav's voice sound as good as it did but then going back into the album and kind of hearing how everyone else's voices sound it's like, well, well, shit, Nav might be one of the best-sounding artists on this tape regardless, <laughs> Yeah, <honestly. laughs> you know what I mean? But like I said, lots of highs and lows of this. I mean, obviously, this Juice and Trippy, any, any new Juice World song that kind of comes out now is sort of a rite of passage for people, fans of his, uh, to listen to, of course, and talk about. And it's, it's obviously doing very well in the charts right now. I think it's in the top 10 for Apple Music, top 10 for Spotify. Um, there's a, a reportedly a part two of Blast Off uh, going to be on Life's a Trip 2, from trippy whenever that's coming out i saw him tease that on his ig what's that today. supposed
0: to mean like a new verses or a feature or something
1: i think it's like a continuation you know how trippy does
0: uh, yeah can he you does a lot like of me, part multiple one and two?
1: yeah he did uh, can you rap like me part two on a love letter to you four and then he did the first can you rap like me on the first i love a love letter to you so I we like could that be song. Seeing a continue, both of, he bars out on both of those, which I'm yeah. very, uh, people don't give Trippy the rapping credibility that he deserves. Yeah, he can rap I his ass think,
0: off sometimes. He
1: really can. Like he's got that old boom bap type style. If he really wants to get into it, what's your favorite song from this?
0: Um. All right. Like apart from the singles, because I really think I really think Lemonade is probably like hands yeah. down the the best song on here. I really liked uh, tracks one and two. Uh, message and really read. Um, I liked uh, "Take It Slow." That was a good mm-hmm. like slow banger. And then, um, oh, and then "Speak" by uh, the Kid Leroy. I think that our son, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, our o- son, O-T-
1: OTT's golden child.
0: <laughs> exactly, I'm, our prince. I-
1: I'm a f- I'm a fan of his. I mean, obviously, I, if people don't know that I'm a fan of Kid Leroy by now, where have you been the past sixteen episodes? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also going to have to go one and two message and really read Ty Fontaine. I'm going to be up on him until he blows up, blows up, just because I think he's so talented. And like you said, he kind of fits that mold of the baby voice cardi but he doesn't rap like cardi like ty fontaine actually raps like he's he's saying yeah. things like he's speaking lyrics like he's he's not just he's mumbling a, shit. relatively
0: relatively uh
1: relatively nice with his pen good it. enough to get yeah relatively nice good enough to actually listen to um and really red man trippy just balls out on this this is i think one of the best bangers on this album yeah, next to I blast like the- off another
0: even I like, like the collaboration between between Keyed, Nudie, and Trivia Red. I think that's a really interesting. Like, <laughs> I just knew I it was going to be an interesting co- combination of artists, you know? Because, you like. Knew you, you foretold the future. Yeah, of course. That's what we do here. You're a fortune teller at OTT. <laughs> the Oracle.
1: Oracle. The Oracle. I think I'm going to stamp uh, internet money with my final uh, review. It's good, but it's not great
0: um yeah i, really I think like it's Wolf. just they were just pushing yeah. out songs that they think are gonna pop off on like tiktok and shit so <laughs> i definitely I, I can't i can't i can't hate on them for that i think it, it definitely strikes me as like and honestly like when it comes to label albums i'm not really looking for like something like super like i'm not looking for like a deep dive into the artist right because oh like, no you're... we're just looking for banger tapes in this exactly, i'm just kind of exactly.
1: banger tape yeah, from the that. label is kind of what we feel from this but yeah. I'm not going to really give it a score because it's hard, I guess, to judge, I guess, the overall meaning of this album. But there's good songs, there's bad songs. Somewhere in the middle, between like a 6 and a 7, I'd give it. Um, there's definitely a lot yeah. of good tracks on here, but some of the tracks kind of get too repetitive for my taste, of course.
0: Well, then, it's a good thing that we had a shit ton of singles this week. Yeah, for real. We
1: had so many singles. Um, this Cordae and Roddy. I feel like everyone's been talking about this. Um, gifted. Corday is not in YBN anymore, if you have not heard. I think we talked about this in our last podcast as well. Um, but if you have not uh, heard the news, uh, Corday is out of YBN. I think YBN is no more. I think the only person that's left is Namir. He's still repping the YBN tag.
0: Yeah, um, I, whatever happened to Namir and Almighty J, like they – You all know a funny story, actually, like way before way before he was famous at all, like way before the Black China dating thing and everything like that. Oh, man. I went to uh, I went to this uh, nightclub in L.A. um, because it was advertised that Travis Scott, uh, Rich the Kid and someone else were were all going to perform there. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I get there. Travis Scott is nowhere to be seen. First off, (laughs) also, we waited an hour and a half to get in. That's just regular rapper shit, though. (laughs) We (laughs) get in and Rich the Kid gets on stage, performs three songs, and then is like, "Hey guys, like, check out my new artist, YBN Almighty J." And this kid comes out and performs two songs. I was like, "Who the hell is this?" Fast forward a couple months, and he's dating Black China, China. (laughs) (laughs) and that's still the thing he's most famous for—not his music in the slightest, dude. (laughs) My thing with this whole
1: YBN Namir Almighty J Corday type thing, it's like how attached were they? Cause like the YBN clan formed from their like GTA, like they played all they played GTA together and their gamer yeah. like clan tag was YBN. So like how attached at the hip are these guys? You know what I mean? Like how close is Almighty J and Namir and Corday Like are they talking on the regular? Are they making music together? obviously they haven't really made much music together just because we haven't really seen anything besides the mixtape that they put out in 2018. And even with that, it's, I guess, a mishmash of all three of them kind of putting that out. But nevertheless, I don't know the situation between what happened with Corday and his other YBN mates, um, but I think Corday made a strong, like a good decision for himself because he's—he's yeah, he's by far the most talented of the three YBN artists. I think there's more, aren't there? Isn't there one more? Am I missing someone? YBN Namir, Almighty Jay, Corday—is just not
0: un-3. one that has any clout <laughs> for sure. <laughs> no clout. Namir, Namir, Namir really had it going for him, though. I think that he was—he was getting really popular, like at the time when, like Pump Ski. Yeah, X uh, even were we're that he fit that mold just as like a more digestible version of those rappers because his sound was a little bit more like staccato in the sense of like yeah. dropping these like very basic kind of tracks like rubbing off the paint mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um whatever the hell his other songs are called. I I never was that big of a fan, but, like, I think yeah, that... Neither
1: was I, I mean, he hasn't dropped in two years either, so not really being in the circulation of music is kind of hard. He had random,
0: like, big singles with, like, G-Eazy and, like, Yo Gotti and stuff, but I don't see his career, like, flourishing. And it's interesting that, mm-hmm. that Corday has been able to, like, take the momentum that originally completely belonged to... Namir, Namir and Almighty J, and now he's like he—he's definitely always been the one that you could tell had the most shelf life. Yeah. So I'm hoping that he capitalizes on it. Really weird that none of the music he worked on with Dr. Dre has surfaced at all. Um, it probably I, will. I think that I, I, think, I think that I think that he's making really strong planning moves and like really just playing his cards close to his chest so that when he does start getting on a, like um, more momentum based dropping mm-hmm. grind, uh, we're going to see some really, really quality work from him. That's cool my thing hope. Is, That's my hope. He the cool thing is too. about that.
1: Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you. And Corday, for example, I mean, he's only, he's only a tape deep. He has his debut project, the lost boy. And that did numbers for him last year. I mean, he had a lot of key features on that. He had Anderson on it. He had Chance. He had Ty Dolla Sign. He had Pusha Meek. T, Meek Mill. Lost and Found is the best song off Lost Boy, in my opinion. It's my favorite track from Lost Boy. And I guess when it comes to the shelf life, as you mentioned, I, I feel as a lyrical rappers like Corday always kind of bring that to the table. They're able to stick around a really long time, more so than the – the rappers that kind of hop on trends and kind of go in and out and they're able to manipulate things for them to get popular it was like the mirror like almighty J. um and i'm not saying they're not talented in their own right of course but i just feel as though their upbringing their rising was sort of impacted by cultural trends at the time whereas yeah. corday has completely flourished into this this i guess young next up rapper and everyone kind of reveres him as oh he's next up he's the next one like even Nas referred to him as that as well like oh he's he's up next like he's the guy like it's cool to see Corday do that and collaborating with Roddy Rich, my my love hate artist of all time uh is is a big move for him as well because Roddy yeah and the the cohesiveness between them
0: on that the cohesiveness between them on that track is ridiculous because you could not have I would have assumed maybe Roddy was either on the hook or had a verse, but they do this whole back and forth thing, which I think is is really enjoyable to listen to. Interestingly enough, like Namir, I feel like missed the perfect opportunity to become the Big, replacement like he, for tay
1: Yeah, for real. He really missed that. Cause is, he's never coming back unless they somehow. And like
0: people want tay music and, Honestly, their sounds are super similar. He used to shout take out in every song. And he where I think he? he just blew a bag on that to be honest. But where
1: is Namir now? Like do we even know where he's at? Do is he on like social? Is he like doing know. I anything? wanna see
0: what the latest thing he's dropped is? I need to look this up.
1: I, I was gonna look. I mean, go I wanna know if you if you're on the prowl for some Namir. Um, but that Corday and Roddy switch up the the complete like back and forth between them. Their vocal chemistry is off the charts. On oh that my song. god,
0: dude! By far, his fir- his his most listened to songs are still bounced out with that and rubbing off the paint. I'm saying by like multiple <laughs> hundreds of thousands of listens. Good god!
1: Well, has he dropped any music since those blew up? Like, he has. To, like the the mixtape came out in 2018.
0: He dropped a single don't know what exact date. It says 2020. What the heck? When did this come out? What, the um, last song from him? Yeah, he dropped a single at some point uh, this year. I don't know what for. And then he dropped a song with g Easy and Offset. Wow. How, how hard do you have to fall off for a song with g Easy and Offset to flop?
1: Oh, man. With g very far. I mean, with Offset, not so much. Because G-Eazy's making some other type of music. now. I don't think he's even rapping anymore. He's making like some alternative pop shit, isn't he? At least his last no single idea. was that. I thought he was. I got to go back to that He dropped eventually.
0: a song with City Girls and Tyga. Like, I haven't heard any of these. I don't know. I they think haven't that... done well enough, I guess. <laughs> yeah, honestly. But... I mean, best Cordae. wishes to him. Figure it out, buddy. Your your boy left your group, man. Your Corday is
1: popping carrying right you guys. I hope that Cordae is able. I, I, to me, this song with Roddy is just such an album thing for Cordae to do. Yeah, I, I don't know when, whenever we're gonna get a Corday album again. I, like I said, it's been over a year since the Lost Boy came out. Um, we're nearing almost two years now. I think that came out in April of twenty nineteen. Or no, it came out in June. So we're a little bit over a year. Um I would love to hear some more Corday. Corday is one of the most, I guess, youngest, most gifted, talented lyrical rappers out right now. And to hear this song with Roddy and keep in mind, like I don't have any problems with Roddy. I just think he's extremely overhyped for what he brings to the table. I'm not saying he's not talented, I think he has a good voice. Um, but I just feel like it's really nothing different than what other artists have done in the past. I just don't know if he really separates himself um, from those, I guess, like those cowboy type, the little Dirk type, the sing song rappers who can kind of, I guess, then he doesn't really go out of his range. So, yeah. you know, he's somewhere between song, the
0: Young Thug and Dirk. And to me, that's and... what I'm saying.
1: Like, he doesn't really show me like any special qualities because he kind of stays within the vocal melodies of the actual song in the production rather not the vocal melodies the production melodies so he'll stay in that range of the song which sounds good sonically of course but it doesn't really make him shine any more or any less so I guess with hip-hop culture and kind of how Roddy's fan base sees him it's not like to me his artistry is kind of where he lies like that's or not lies in a like way like he's lying to people like that's where he sits currently like his artistry is something that he relies on to push that narrative but as far as his vocal capability and his talent i don't really see the hype around it but nevertheless he does i think i think there's still room for him
0: to grow i'm just waiting to see yeah he's only an album. uh yeah the album was really good but i think that he has more potential than that i think it's interesting to think about like how I view rating a lot of albums is like, I think that they are probably either higher or lower than I would give them. Mm-hmm. But my intention when rating an album is not necessarily rating it against other music that's currently existing, but rating it against their own personal potential. So I think that like a 10 from, Lil Pump is going <laughs> to, like, you know what I mean? But, like, yeah. there's I, – I don't think it's not possible. I just think that there is a pocket of his particular style or if he found a new style that he would need to tap into. I, I just think it's very low probability that he's, <laughs> he's gonna tap into that.
1: <laughs> no, if, if Low
0: Pump, if low pump, pump is a pump horrible out, name for me to choose, <laughs> if he, if he, yeah, I
1: mean, if Low Pump drops a 10 on us in the next year, next year or two, just, just letting you know who foretold the future again or who did it again.
0: Uh, in fact, I spoke it into Cooper. existence.
1: <laughs> God, man. It's uh, off the top these days. Please be sure to follow us at top on Twitter and IG if you have not forgotten us. And please be sure to listen to us on SoundCloud and Spotify at Off the Top Podcast. And my Big Sean is releasing like crazy leading up to Detroit 2. He has yeah, dropped no, two music videos, two singles, a feature with Nipsey Hussle in the mix. Big Sean's on one and he, he he's taken over the game. And he's like, no more long rollouts. He said that on his IG live announcing Detroit 2. No more long rollouts. But. It feels like a rollout to me in a sense where he's kind of like releasing music, teasing visuals leading up to Detroit 2 this Friday. We got two songs by him. Deep Reverence with Nipsey and Harder Than My Demons. Or what is it called again? I think it's... um, Did I say it right? Harder Than My Demons? Yeah, Harder Than My Demons. Okay. So we got those two tracks from Big Sean. I enjoyed both of them. Couldn't remember the name of Harder Than My Demons for a second. But beat-wise... Harder than my demons goes harder lyrical wise. Big Sean talks some really deep shit on Deep Reverence. Nipsey Hustle feature obviously a very transcendent experience for the listener, especially for me, of course.
0: Um, yeah, as I've said, I'm for you, I mean, Nipsey's your L.A. homie. I figure- yeah, dude, that's that's state statewide respect. No, and I actually saw I actually saw Nipsey Hustle live, um, like just prior to his to his passing. Damn, uh, I saw him perform. Uh, uh, Victory Lap. Uh, It was a crazy experience. He had like fireworks and everything. It was crazy.
1: Damn, dude, um, I love Victory Lap. I, I, If I could re-listen to an album for the first time again, it'd be like that Victory Lap album was awesome. That was the first album I listened to by Nipsey. Because I didn't know of him before I started seeing like, oh, he's getting Grammy nominations. Oh, his album's up for album of the year, rap album of the year. I'm like, who is this dude? And I didn't know because... I wasn't like as in tune with hip hop. You're not from California,
0: that's why I'm not from California.
1: So (laughs) with me, I kind of stay in like my Chicago pocket. I I stay in more of like my emo rap R&B type shit, which the listeners know I'm a huge fan of, of course. Um, But when I first heard Nipsey, his voice was just so capturing, and his lyrical content was so real, and it's unapologetic in how he says it. And even on this song with Big Sean, it's like the chemistry between the both of them on this. And keep in mind, both nipsey and big sean had beef and it sounded like they had beef for quite some time because nipsey was talking shit about detroit rappers and big sean didn't like that but at the end of deep reverence and sounded like that was kind of squashed it sounded like nipsey wanted to work with big sean and t grizzly who's also from detroit so this song kind of just brings the positivity full circle that good things can actually come from a bad situation sometimes and that's the kind of person nipsey, nipsey was too
0: right yeah like, exactly you look at his whole legacy he was very uh if there's one word for it, it's like he, or then there's not a one word for it, but he worked really hard to move past any of his past conflicts. I mean, you have to imagine it can have been hard to be, I, it must've been hard. Jesus, I'm stumbling over my words. It must've been hard to come from that background of being like a hardcore crip to the essentially social activist he was when he passed. For real? So, Uh, Nothing but respect for that man, uh, both in life and in passing. Rest in peace, Nip,
1: forever and ever. I think with both of these songs, um, the lyrical content that both Big Sean brings forth in Harder Than My Demons and Deep Reverence, he kind of points to his faith to lead him out of the troublesome times that he's having. Um, On Harder Than My Demons, the song title is in the actual lyricism. He says, God has me working harder than my demons. I thank God for that. And even on Deep Reverence, he talks about suicidal thoughts and and kind of dark places that he's been into and even having, you know, uh, losing a baby with Janaiko reportedly kind of just taking his lyrics out of context um, in that song. Um, So there's a lot of brevity to his content in this. And it makes me think that Detroit 2 is going to be something bigger than everyone else expects. Um, Just because I think the production of these two songs mirrors a certain sort of theme that Big Sean's going to try and push with it. I also think the lyrical content points to a lot of, I guess, uplifting factors and what he's bringing forth and the positivity he wants to preach on this. And it's been a while since we heard from Big Sean. So uh, seeing him come out of this dark place and seeing him, you know, I guess rise from the ashes in a sense... Uh, on these two songs, gives me a really good inkling that Detroit 2 is going to be something to remember for years to come, and possibly a timeless album.
0: It feels like it feels like Big Sean thinks he's ready for a sequel. Not, I, I think he is too, to be honest. I think doing the sequel to a tape that that that's that revered, um, it can't be something that he is taking lightly. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of people thinking that this is going to be his classic album. I can't say I hope for anything less.
1: I'm in that same boat. I really think it's going to be, I mean, I just said, I, I really think it's going to be one of those classic Big Sean tapes. And I really hope that it is just because from what I'm taking away from these two tracks and kind of how Big Sean's perceiving himself this time around, it's going to be a memorable, timeless addition to Big Sean's discography in a sense. Um, but yeah. we wait and see. We wait and see. Um, Big Sean's track list, however, I know a few have circulated uh, throughout the week. I know Genius has one up right now. Lots of crazy features on this. I know we kind of talked, to, touched on this last week a little bit. We did tease Big Sean in our last podcast teaser. Uh, Meek Mill, Travis Scott. Who else is
0: on this, man? I Post mean, Malone. Posty. Uh, thug, of course. 21 Savage, Nas dom kennedy uh we're uh, expecting um monologues from eric Badu and stevie wonder
1: Dude, this is about to be a movie
0: <sighs> <That's crazy. laughs> like this is
1: a really about to be a movie type album
0: i can't wait it's gonna be a, it's definitely gonna be an album that i sit down and really like listen to and take take it in
1: I agree with you. I, I, it's going to be one of those transcendent experiences that artists kind of perceive. And I feel and like I we haven't really for,
0: had... Especially uh, for, for hip-hop fans our age, Big Sean was one of those like first rappers that was dropping hits. 100%. And, like, but not just hits, he was also making the other, the other more meaningful music. I mean, you think mm-hmm. about it, Big Sean's one of his biggest tracks, Dance Ass, of course, Party <laughs> Classic. <Nikki> and- <laughs> party Classic. But we look at like his other the other tracks that grace his discography in the in the beginning of his career, uh, especially speaking on like finally famous and stuff. Mm -hmm. I am fucking Um, with you. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Like just a bunch of like classics, and I'm hoping that he's just able to like cohesively bring that together, bring all of his sounds uh, together on one track. These these singles are giving me some hope Mm -hmm. because harder than my demons is like a really it's a banger yeah. but like there's a huge message behind there and same thing with deep reverence uh less of a banger but more like more meaningful mm-hmm. um i think that there's plenty of potential with big sean to make a like a classic classic album
1: so uh, i'm hoping definitely...
0: that this is a, like I'm, I'm thinking like album of the year type level like i think that it's possible from him What was the he hasn't had the yeah one project?
1: He hasn't had that one project, I guess, that defines him in a sense. For me, I think I decided is that project for him at this moment in time. I can't really think, I mean, Dark Sky as well. If you're really going to pinpoint Big Sean to one really big commercial release that he's had, it's probably going to be between a Dark Sky and I decided, maybe even Double or Nothing if you're a big Metro Boomin fan either. Um, but. I just feel like Big Sean is chasing that hip-hop royalty that I feel as though he's ready and capable to grasp. And I think this is going to be the earmark of his career, the the album that everyone's going to be like, oh, if you're going to get into Big Sean, you should start here, sort of thing. You know what I mean? And- yeah. I remember listening to Big Sean when I was 10 years old, 12 years old, and I'm like, oh man, Big Sean's hard. Like I I I, I like this artist. Like, and that's when I started really getting into rap too. Like I really like Drake. I really like Big Sean. Like we, we talked about this on a separate podcast too in our latest episode. If you guys want to go check out episode 15 right quick. Um, we have grown up with Big Sean. We we've seen him from the start of his career, from the first Detroit mixtape, leading up into his mainstream success with Nikki dance records i think this is sort of going to be a culmination of big sean's greatest achievements his greatest hits his greatest sounds um his greatest stories His keep in mind big sean isn't just a rapper he's a storyteller first and when you listen to his music he's really speaking from the heart and that's nice to know in a day and age where a lot of rappers try to chase clout a lot of artists try and mimic try and trend hop They do all the sorts of things that's not really catering to their own artistry. And Big Sean's a big, big advocate for that, in my opinion. Um, Yeah. No, I agree with you. I, I think this, the expectation is high, but I think Big Sean knows that it's high and I think he's putting out what he's putting out and being so fun and lackadaisical about it because he knows this shit's hot, at least from my point of view.
0: Let me say this. Let me say this. When a rapper starts switching up their hairstyle that's when you know it's over. That's when you know. <laughs> well, he's got, when, when, he, when Thug went blonde, when Denzel cut off his braids. Fix. Like this is a this is an undeniable trend. And now he's when got Drake the fro, when right, Drake got, got the, the heart in his hair. Exactly. Now Maybe. he's got the he's got the fro and he's got the cornrows and all that stuff going mm-hmm. on. Honestly, I, I, I think that. that just just from just from a hairstyling perspective, this is gonna be a classic album.
1: Speaking of classic albums, classic artists, classic songs, Black Thoughts, Swizz, Killer Mike, and Pusha T on a song together.
0: Man. Who would have thunk? thunk it? That song I, is a lyrical masterpiece. I, I,
1: I think you literally
0: put three,
1: if not three, of one of the best lyrical rappers on Good Morning with Push, Killer Mike, obviously one half of Run the Jewels, of course. And then Black Thought, who's revered as one of the best lyrical rappers of all time. And he's in that conversation. He's, he's in everybody's top 50 rappers of all time. Honestly, I think he's in every top 25 that I've really seen. And it's cool to see that Black Thought is still putting out music and he's still you know making sure that he's down to his roots. No pun intended. He's a part of the roots. But regardless i <laughs> think
0: i mean she yeah best, punk best known for best known in popular culture from being <laughs> as a part as, as, as
1: the lead vocalist for the roots but uh the real question is with this song who did the best damn that's so hard it's so uh, hard because they're all so good and the message behind it is is fantastic and I think Black Thought released it at a perfect time as well. I feel like kind of everything's still in limbo and and it being a good morning sort of, I guess, a positive vibe with the realness in their lyricism. I, I, it's a very good counterbalance between the two.
0: I think that Killer Mike was my favorite uh, verse on this. I mean, I'm kind of biased because I'm a huge Run the Jewels fan, mm-hmm. but uh, just the he the way that he structures his verse is he kind of, reclaims a lot of black history from, from his lighter skinned uh, mm-hmm. peers. Uh, like he says, before we ever sold cocaine, we civilized Spain. You're not the first black man in the Mediterranean. Like mm-hmm. that's like, he's really just taking the, the there, there's been such a skew in, in the um, narrative of black culture uh, in the last century or so. Uh, and he's taking this verse as an opportunity to, to reclaim it. I think that was such a cool concept to me. Um, yeah, no, I, think that, it, I, I think that's why I like that verse the most.
1: It's definitely uh, an homage to the political climate that we're living in right now and the culture that hip hop is currently uh, in. The state has, as it's always been in and seeing these legendary artists legendary i mean even swiss beats is on this too seeing and and legendary i say because they are they are they are all legendary in their own right um to see them come together and make this sort of track kind of just reasserts that this has been an issue and it it, hopefully it ends soon um hopefully that progress is being made for me personally though on this song i'm gonna have to go push I just love Push's voice. That flow is gross. His dude. Flow, is flow is unbelievable. Is I I just, <laughs> dude. I like ever since Push Body Drake, like ever no. And I'll take it back. Ever since Daytona came out, ever since I first heard Daytona, I was like, how have I not listened to Push before this? And then I, after Daytona, I literally just went into everything. I tried to find my favorite Push tracks, and King Push, King Pin Push. The the master the commandeur of original co crap God bless one me. half of the clips literally one half of the dude place. this I, song is basically
0: this. the roots the clips and run the jewels I can't he, believe like those are all legendary groups and then they took the three bits and pieces best, pieces parts, of best parts of each one and put them on a song together <laughs> so so Swizz where beat. does Swizz so where does Swizz fit in this Swizz is a legend in his own right <laughs> I mean he, is, he uh, is but but like for
1: For what Swizz is doing on this, I I, I like it. It's a very good combination of artists. The message is wholesome. It's proud. It's loud. And this song, to me, I've been replaying this for a minute. I think since it came out, I haven't really stopped listening to it, to be completely honest with you. That, the Cordae track, and pretty much anything Big Sean lately is kind of what I've been pushing out. So Push, you get my seal of approval on this um black thought you do your thing on everything like you are a legend yeah
0: that went without saying honestly it's that that literally goes without saying i think we're just
1: picking our favorite feature from
0: this if anything yeah yeah i just really like that concept that killer mike ran with i think that was so cool um just like from like a historical perspective i've just never heard someone rap like about history before
1: if anyone's gonna rap (laughs) about history it's gonna be killer mike yeah no honestly where's
0: lp bro why didn't they include lp in this it feels kind of disingenuous when they're roasting <laughs> white people for, I, know. To have I LP don't know others. how LP react. Just like people <laughs> <laughs> he's just acting like the self-proclaimed apologist for, um. <laughs> for colonization <laughs>
1: <laughs> he would probably feel like shit like hearing that in oh, the studio oh like, man. Like, <laughs> man bro like come, come on a uh, like, little bit of that. news before we get on to our next topic Lil Wayne released his 2009 mixtape no ceilings officially on all streaming one. platforms apple music spotify anywhere you can get streaming music uh, Lil Wayne young money the man the myth the legend um I appreciate you for this. I'm happy that more artists are doing this now, bringing their old shit to the streaming platforms, and I feel like it's just only going to help their brand. I mean, I think this album sold 45k and it's 11 years old the first week. That's that's great. Nas sold 48k with no bundles on King's Disease first week, which is yeah. awesome to see. And I like when these, I guess, legendary artists in a sense. I think Nas and Lil Wayne have their own right in hip hop history, being the people that they are. Obviously, of course. Um, But seeing that music like this is timeless and it's still selling, and the way the beats are made and produced, and the music is kind of curated, it really goes to show that hip hop's never going to die. It doesn't matter how old the music gets. Timeless music is timeless music, and I think Lil Wayne on No Ceilings sounds just as good as he did in 2009.
0: And it was accompanied by the Aesop Ferg song No Ceilings. Oh yeah, I forgot there was Wayne and Jay Guapo
1: ferg Lil Wayne, Jay guapo on a no ceiling single did you
0: fuck with this song what we'll kind of what we'll, we'll kind of go over this it was all right but honestly i kind of want to listen to no ceilings again and then go back to the single and see like see if it makes if, sense. It, if it makes sense in the context of that mixtape it was an okay song like upon first listen but i think that it's a song that has con that has context given the timing of the release. So I think that's really important to take into mind when you're listening to a song is, you know, what's, what, what's accompanying it, what's going on at the time, you know, there's a lot of songs that I feel like would not be as heavily revered if it wasn't for the social climate or just even generally other things that are going on at the same time as the right. release. So
1: i'm just happy that it's me out. to be fair
0: I'm, oh absolutely. yeah me too and me too No ceilings hands down one of my favorite wayne tapes of all time never and sleep on mixtape so because there's like a million <laughs> <laughs> never sleep on mixtape wave, wave ever now ever. they just gotta Don't get all the that. dedications on there but that would be oh so my many god rights. that would be a dream that would be a dream they gotta put oh, like, sorry come back for the weight
1: i take sorry oh, for the weight too. say less I'll wait more, low key. I'll I'll wait as long as you need me to, Lil Wayne. I promise. Please, you know what they need to please. do today? Today is also the 13th year anniversary of Drake's comeback season. I wish they would he would put that on streaming platforms because that's really hard to find. Like that's only on like YouTube, SoundCloud type digging shit. You know what I mean? Like you have to yeah. really find that to listen to that nowadays, which is crazy because it's Drake's second mixtape. It's arguably the mixtape that put him on get the gears in motion for his superstar career leading up to so far gone it's it's sort of like how how do you say like what's a setup guy you know what a setup guy is in baseball like the guy who comes in in the seventh eighth inning kind of sets things up with the closer. you're the the
0: baseball player well that's how it is i
1: i think that was his setup tape so Going back to old music, would that stand the test of time? I would say so. Drake, put that on streaming. You already put we'll care of John.
0: You heard him, Drake. Please. Come on. Her- Drake, you- we know heard- you're listening right now.
1: You heard Drake. Drake's counterpart, The Weeknd, and I probably shouldn't be saying that in 2020, The Weeknd is his own man, of course. Uh, pop sensation, Starboy himself, taking home pretty much every single VMA award possible last Sunday. Uh, is on a new song that released Friday with Calvin Harris over now. Calvin Harris getting back into the funk wave bag that he's usually in. Uh, he is a big fan of collaborating with a lot of artists such as hip hop rappers. He's done a song with the weekend in the past. Did you funk with this song? Dubai?
0: Yeah, it was, it was a cool little vibe. I think that I'm not going to be playing this all the time, but I, I see the mm. appeal. I, I just think that personally, my preference with the weekend is when he was in his like nasty R and B stuff, mm-hmm. uh, But, I mean, like, honestly, like, I really liked After Hours. I think that was a really good uh, combination of the two sounds. Uh, I'm hoping that he, like, trans. he just kind of, like, keeps going back into the older, darker weekend. Because I think that's that's where I liked him the most. I think we've Um, gotten,
1: like, three consecutive pop weekend projects. Pop-centered weekend projects, rather. Um, Beauty Behind the Madness, Starboy, and After Hours, um, kind of all in the same sort of line where it's it's pop-centric R B influence, but not necessarily the trademark weekend sound a lot of people are still holding on to nowadays. Um, I really enjoyed when he was in that alternative R and B bag and You know, I don't think that music ever is going to go away from him. We kind of heard some of those sounds on After Hours. Alone, again, is a huge taste of that as well on that album. Uh, Even Escape to L.A. brings me those OVO-XO type vibes back in 2014-15. So the sounds are still there. And I think the influence is, I guess, bubbling at the bit for him to kind of channel that into another project in the future, hopefully. Um, But with this song, with Calvin, it's just kind of another Calvin Harris hit. Um, it's obviously for pop appeal. I could also see that as well for chart-wise. Um, I don't know if the song's going to do any crazy numbers. It doesn't really feel like it's going to. Um, but on first listen, it's nice. It's it's nothing you know to write home about or anything. But it's definitely a track worth noting uh, from the weekend releases.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's a good song. Uh, when it comes to Calvin Harris, he like strikes me as like somewhat of a DJ Khaled, but like way better. He's actually very um, musical. Like he makes. No, and he, he legitimately shit. produces his music too. Yeah. Um. And like it's it's obviously like very different in terms of like the the genre crossing and whatnot.
1: Oh yeah, but and I, Khaled's more of like a PR manager, if yeah, anything. Exactly. I would assume so.
0: Um. Yeah. I I am just I'm hoping that it's leading up to an album because I really like the last Calvin Harris album. Uh, yeah, I dude, think. I waves, think it's just like fun. It's just like fun music to listen to. It's not like, ever, the most insane like, thing i've ever heard but like it's cool collabs and like nice sounds so
1: do you ever listen to uh that says a remix of the weekend by calvin harris
0: i have heard it i haven't heard yeah. it recently
1: that song is probably my favorite from a calvin harris collab even that khalid song Roland,
0: uh who else is yeah, on that's that the song? one with a uh, future
1: yeah he even future has that Cl- song
0: yeah. with uh with travis scott and jeremiah i listened yeah. to that actually like the other day doesn't calvin really harris good. have a frank ocean joint too or My i tweaking? yeah yeah slide
1: yeah that's the same they're all in the same song yeah that's right that's right that's right
0: dude yeah i
1: forget crazy. how how influenced frank or uh, not Frank. i goes, mean he sorry. has that song Calendary. with
0: um with big sean pharrell and katie perry too dude the genre blending is awesome i know i love it that's that's what i'm looking for from him i feel like inevitably with that you're gonna end up with some tracks that sound kind of generic but like I, I don't know. I don't hate it from him. He's a good enough producer that he makes even like those like kind of overdone sounds sound good. And I have nothing bad to say about it. I thought it Slide like, was an
1: amazing song. Oh, but. absolutely. I mean, hearing Frank Ocean on anything other than his own production is kind of cool to hear anyways. Um, but obviously the master Frank Ocean, I don't even know if we'll ever hear from him this year again, Hopefully, that we do. Um, he kind of just released Kayendo and, and that other single that he dropped in January. I was January supposed to see, him in, May, Damn,
0: supposed to see him in May, dude. to see him in May. Coach That was that
1: would probably be a hell of an awesome experience. See yeah. like Frank live like that. It's probably such an intimate concert. I wish I could see Frank live. Yeah. Well, get out of here, Corona. We're trying to see some people live. Come on,
0: Corona. Please, Not Corona, us
1: please, just let us see some people live, dude. Literally, like the weekend and Doja Cat like the stallion that's pretty much all you have to take and lady gaga and ariana grande from the vmas like
0: uh eminem eminem and juice world's godzilla video was such a fire video i feel like that was kind of a snub and even then the life is good video is also a really good video facts I, i think that was a hard choice though honestly but the blinding lights video was like not anything insane conceptually it was just the weekend doing drugs in a hotel right yeah there's a lot of lights around too he was like smiling visually it was cool visually but i'm saying conceptually i think that godzilla like was way cooler
1: i I just think anything that cole does nowadays is such on a different level than anything else that anyone else is doing because there's not a lot of video like like editors like producers directors that touch everything that touch everything in the process, like Cole's directing, he's editing, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's doing everything in his own sense. And I feel like his intimacy with the artists and the relationships he has with those people doing those videos, like for example, the Corday and Roddy song, he did the video with that as well. And I just feel like Cole's videos are on such a different level than everyone else's. So snubbing the man on a Juice World feature with Eminem, the legend himself. I'm just over. They got Mike shows.
0: Tyson and Dr. Dre in the yeah, video. Yeah, like those cameos are unbelievable. And the the production quality is insane. There's a narrative. There's like he he's taking one of the like Eminem is one of the fastest rappers of all time, and he like took a bunch of those lines and just like would have little like segments of the video dedicated to each line like the rocket launcher line when Eminem m picks up the rocket launcher and blasts oh, that yeah. shit and like it's just it felt like a, it felt like a snub to me like that seems like there was way more effort put into that at least like up front than the weekend video but i,
1: yeah, maybe, I just feel I like remember. award shows
0: not a lot of people are huge
1: fans of how the award shows i guess perceive success and yeah, you know give honestly. these awards out and it's like yeah, I understand that Meg The Stallion and Doji Cat run TikTok up, but does that really mean that it's impacting like actual music lives, the industry? To me, not really. I, I think the songs are fun. I think what they do, as far as for, I mean, for example, I'm not knocking Megan or Doji Cat. I just think, I mean, Doji Cat makes all of her own beats. She she does all of her production. She touches uh, everything she on her side. Work. Meg The Stallion, she's obviously a very talented rapper she's putting up for the female female rappers on there and so is doja cat seeing both of these artists i guess succeed is what hip-hop needs right now but when you look at looking at from a third-party standpoint just kind of looking at the nominees and who's actually up there it's it's pretty obvious to me to to a lot of different hip-hop commentators influencers whatever you say um that they weren't the best or the most quality of choices to pick. and that's kind of how award shows are. I think the Grammys do a really bad job of picking things. For example, snubbing a swimming World and Victory Lap for invasion of privacy in 2018 that was probably the toughest one That was probably
0: the worst decision in uh, like in a, an award show I've ever se- like I've ever seen the most passionate I, i've ever felt about one i, I was think, just like yo y'all really did that i mean <laughs> i did what's
1: worse macklemore <laughs> winning in 2013 no never mind that's, actually
0: never mind never mind that's, that's worse. the worst that's, that's worse. the worst one
1: that, that is was that,
0: by far worse <laughs> like, I, I ever
1: since that happened i just i was like all right the award shows don't matter that shit doesn't yeah, matter anymore. Honestly, and that's why like it, it, and it's also the vmas it's it's not really like they're more for the visual aspect of it. So yeah. when you pick artists like Doja Cat and Mega the Stallion to win, um, they have TikTok dances to their chart breaking songs. You know, The Weeknd has a TikTok dance and to their chart breaking song. They are hot, yes. I'll admit it. Meg, hit my line, please.
0: <laughs> Doja, I got you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the state of the vmas and award shows brought to you by off the top and that's going to do it for us this time you guys please be sure to follow us at off on twitter and ig listen to us on off the top podcast on spotify and soundcloud and also listen to our favorite music on the OTT playlist updated every single week. My and I are going to be actually, we usually put some, our favorite joints on there uh, per week. So if you like what we're fucking with, we appreciate y'all per usual. Um, that's gonna do it for us this time, you guys. Stay safe out there. We're nearing the light at the end of the tunnel. And we'll see y'all next week. Bye, guys.
0: Here, rumble express. I don't settle for less. I'm a
1: slap box of bird and then tear down the nest. I'm a champion. Try and put me to the test. I'm up all day and night. And I don't need no rest. Keep making this music because my music slap. Give me some money. Y'all wanna pay back. No ADHD, but I can't stay on track. 24 7. All I do is foul. All the ladies want me because I look like a snack. Send me a nude. I will not send one back. I'm a flirt, baby.